Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash podcast, as we are covering Hack Slash versus Chaos issue number five. <laughs> and joining me once again is Chris. Say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris from EverythingAction.com. And uh, the time we're recording this, by the way, there's new Hack Slash comic books on the shelf. You can go pick up Hack Slash Back to School number one by Zoe Thorogood. And Chris and uh, his partner, Zach, over on their website are going to be joining me for a Halloween special coming up covering uh, with on my show Film Dungeon Commentary covering The Ring, a uh, American remake of the Japanese film Ring You, which I did with uh, Dominatrix Isabella Sinclair recently. So you can check that out on my Facebook page. Uh, Facebook pro, uh, fa- uh, not the Facebook page, sorry, that's crashed and burned, unfortunately. Go to the YouTube channel, and you can watch, listen to both commentary reviews back-to-back, Ring You and The Ring. First time ever actually doing that. But uh, I digress. We're going to jump now to Hackslash, uh, like I said, uh, versus Chaos, issue number five, which is the final issue. <laughs> And uh, we have, uh, Chris has a plot synopsis for us. This issue opens up with the KS team, who have been defeated before and killed and sent to hell, chained up in the dungeons of Lucifer's fortress. Uh, surrounding the fortress is a group of slashers that previously Vlad and Cassie have defeated from their prior adventures. Cassie, Vlad, with Evil Ernie, Purgatory, and Lady Hell are fighting their way through the crowd of slashers to reach this fortress. Cassie, Vlad, and Er Ernie uh, split from the group so they can free the Chaos group, while Purgatory and Lady Hell hold off the rest of the slashers. And as they approach the captive Chaos group, the Cremator squares off against Vlad, proving to be a little too powerful for Vlad at the moment. Ernie... Realizing that Vlad needs help, steps in to give him a hand. They both start beating up on the cremator. Uh, the cremator tries to make comments about Ernie's bond to Vlad, saying that they have a stronger connection than Vlad and Cassie does, trying to stir up some sort of jealousy between the trio, I mean, the duo. However, Vlad understands Ernie's connection with Cassie is perfectly fine and not the same as what they have, uh, and that Vlad, uh, Vlad and Ernie are completely on the same understanding. Uh, this proves to be uh, a strong enough bond for them to fight, uh, leaving the cremator to just start wailing on the both of them as best he can. Uh, meanwhile, Cassie frees the Chaos team, and Lucifer appears to confront Cassie uh, with a demonic army of, I guess... I quite don't know these characters, but they look like KISS fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of these are actually um, her former enemies um, brought back from the dead. Right. I, I, did, I don't know where this arc has come from, so I kind of wrote as, like, KISS fans. Yeah, they no, they're, like, um, uh, they're, 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 they're vanquished foes of Cassie and Vlad's. Gotcha. Okay. Lucifer taunts Cassie about being a prisoner to the Drog Splitter. Uh, because if she kills him with this powerful sword, the sword will claim her soul. Uh, however, Cassie lays down a mighty blow against Lucifer, severing his head off, and is now transformed into the Drog Splitter Avatar. As the rest of Chaos and Vlad stare at Cassie now, uh, Cassie's Avatar form starts transforming, revealing that it was Voodoo Child possessing the Drog Splitter's spirit. With Lucifer dead, Lady Hell now takes up the mantle of the, its new ruler, 
making all of the minions and dominion creatures bow down to her. Uh, now that Lady Hell is in charge of this plane, she opens a portal to send the Chaos team and Cassian Vlad back to the Earth realm. However, Ernie tells the group that he is staying in Hell to do Lady Hell, Lady Hell's bidding. This was a deal made between the two in exchange for Lady Hell's help with Cassie. Uh, feeling saddened but understandable, Cassie departs back to the Earth realm with the Chaos team, landing back to back in the laboratory that they first open up the rift. The Chaos team wants nothing to do with Cassie because of the prior slaying that she had done to them, uh, with Chastity stating that Cassie was a blinded, hungry monster uh, that do that does not regret what she done if she can get away with um, ridding the world of all this evil. Uh, and with that, the Chaos team leaves, and you won't believe Cassie and Vlad uh, reflect upon their strange, eye-opening journey of what Cassie would have done, feeling now that she is surrounded by uh, really no one that understands what she went through. And with that, issue five comes to an end, and so does this arc. I, for some reason, kept thinking this was six issues. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I feel like there should have been... I think I, I, I think five I think, I think four issues is fine. Uh, the current series, Back to School, is four issues, and I think that is perfect. I think this five issue series went on too long. I think the Crow oh. is four issues, um, and then okay. we got a couple of one shots afterwards with um, the fifteenth anniversary special and the uh, crossover with Seance Room is just a single done, one and done story. Well, I only say that this issue could have been a little more longer just because on summary wise very quick right i went through just like the ins and out i'm skipping a lot of the action and all the like um kind of fan moments of seeing return villains come back yep but i feel like if they i get what you mean if they made it tighter in in the the like the sort of like info dump sections mm -hmm. and then where you see the action and kind of like the what what's fighting the hell like it's really quick even though um i guess story-wise it, it sort of serves its purpose like all these dead slashers are not quite what they were because they're just like hell minions like they're not these uh stalker villains that you know Cassie has to track down and then figure out when their next appearance is going to be so she can bash him in the head with the bat like it, it's a different vibe seeing these guys that normally had like one or two issues just like Cassie chasing them around to fight where it's now just solved in like a background shot uh -huh. so that's why I'm like oh they could have taken that but I understand like th they're not the main villain they became just like thugs right so um there's two different covers one of Lady Hell covering up Cassie's mouth with a bunch of crows around her kind of like foreshadowing to the fact that the next series is Cassie fights the crow um and then the second cover has Lee, uh, Cassie Purgatory flying away from Satan, um, I think. And I think that's it for the two covers. Uh, digital causing some... Oh, there's oh, one more cover. There's another one. Yeah, with Cassie uh, wearing Smiley the button, and her, and I think she's wearing evil... Uh, she's wearing evil Ernie's jacket, and then a belt around her uh, chest. Sealer has told me that this... Um, 
was the last piece of American comic book work he ever worked on. He he's hoping his career kind of picks up more, and I've been pushing him on Twitter a lot every time I see him post something. So I'm, I'm hoping it does happen for him, but he, he does not seem happy. I mean, I enjoyed his work on Bloodshot because he did a small arc uh, rewriting Bloodshot's origin because everyone who like kind of works on Bloodshot has a chance to just re- like kind of introduce new concepts. Is is Bloodshot the Vertigo character that was played by Vin Diesel? Yeah, not not vertical, Valent. Valent, Valent. Val- yeah. I'm sorry, I I meant Valent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's one of those things where like the movies and interpretation, you can kind of they're, like at this point, any writer that writes for like that, because like it's not there's really no continual series in that universe. It's it's. it's yeah, once normal. one universe is done, they seem to restart the universe with a whole new arc, and then they they retire it for a while. Like I don't know what is being published from Valent right now. I remember the early 2000. Tens like 2010 to 2015, Valiant made a hard comeback, and there was a bunch yeah, of books being published. And then all of a sudden, they said, "Oh, then we stopped because we were done. We told our story. They had their big crossover event, and then we were finished. We don't need yep. to keep having the same continuing arc like Superman, Batman, Spider Man have to do that. You know what I mean? They they definitely go. They went harder, I think, in that era, and then they sort of did minor little reboots leading to the Bloodshot movie. Okay. And after the movie, that like they started like really kind of cooling off, and now they work with another publishing. So like Valiant doesn't publish their own books; they work with Alien books. Huh. Interesting. At New York Comic Con, they they kind of like did a small announcement, like. Like, hey, like, we're working with Alien Books, this smaller company that, like, will be our primary publisher. Okay. We'll, like, license our stuff to them. Gotcha. Yeah, so this giant fight scene between all the characters is kind of cool. The shark flying overhead. Um, Sam Hain is the guy holding the knife against to, to Vlad. That's actually Cassie's, like, first male lover. Um, oh. Yeah. She, uh, Cassie is primarily... Cassie's bisexual, uh, primarily kind of leans to more towards lesbian, but she's had two male lovers in her past, both of which are not exactly great people, one of which is the pumpkin man you see below, Sam Hain, um, part of this cult of, uh, of, uh, of, of like slashers or whatever, and how slashers are, you know, born and bred in this world, and the other person is, I'm not even kidding, Ashley J. Williams. Bruce Campbell, Ashley J. Williams. Bruce Campbell's Ashley J. Williams. <laughs> not Ash from Pokemon. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, there has to be an age difference, and, like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, Bruce Campbell's character, Ash, in the conflict seems to be eternally, like, in his 30s, whereas, obviously, in the TV series later on, he definitely has aged up into his 60s. (laughs) Or, actually, 50s, I'm sorry. He wasn't quite in his 60s yet when the show was on. Now now Bruce is in his 60s. When the show was airing, I think he was only in his 50s. But still, I mean, hey, it was great to have him back. But, uh... I digress. Yes, uh, so uh, Cassie's had multiple female lovers and only just a couple male lovers. And obviously her eternal, um, you know, bromance will always be with, with, with Vlad. We, will, we, we should never see Vlad and Cassie ever get together. That just, I think, would ruin yeah. a lot of things. Um, and also, I mean, that, they, that's they been hinted about, too. That's, that's been pressed on by, by the fact that Vlad and Cassie are, like, the same age. And he just looks older because he's a giant hulking monster guy. And, you know, he has shown his jealousy of other men being with Cassie. You know what I mean? But she's expressed to him that. More, yeah, he's more worried about losing the like humanity that Cassie brings 
you know, because it's like they have a good connection of like he looks like the stereotypical like monster slasher guy, but he's actually a good guy. Right, but that's the opposite. That's the complete opposite, actually. It's not Cassie who brings a humanity. It's Vlad who brings a humanity. And without Vlad, yeah. Cassie, I think, would go off the mm-hmm. deep end. And and she kind of has, but let's face it, they have done the story where Vlad has, has died. He died in the last uh, ongoing series, and, and Cassie was on her own, but she had somebody. She had Georgina. And then um, later on, she had... Um, this bounty hunter she was hanging out with not hooking up with but hanging out with and taking care of the son of sam hain who is like the son of uh sam hain not her not her son but sam hain was forced to fuck multiple women and one of them did give birth to this child you know i think this is the i didn't know that that was like a sam hain was this like the spirit of sam hain or just some dude who just decided to become like sam hain this is a guy who had put the um character known as cat into a coma when she was 12 years old so when she woke up and she was 22 she still had the mind and mentality of a 12 year old unfortunately so her body matured but her her brain unfortunately was still 12 years old cat kuro if you've heard that character she's like a private detective that comes in and out of cassie's life once in a while no i'm interested now to read this like horrible like character development yeah um she's all like golly gee whiz you know go get her kind of character you know <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway so sam hain um was the paladin for the black flame he would carry their evil essence and in doing so was forced to bang like all these women you know what i mean to sire on the black flames like protege in some way um, these were all cultist women too, by the way. So they were, you know, and this is not meant him silly. They were the cultist women who voluntarily gave themselves over. He wasn't just raping women left or right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So they knew what they were getting into because they worshiped the freaking the demonic entity of the black flame that creates the slashers in this universe kind of thing. So they knew what they were getting yeah. into. <laughs> uh, this was this was bad women having sex with bad. This is basically this is bad women having sex with bad men to create bad things. <laughs> Consensually. <laughs> in this universe, it's not like some fake scheme, you know? It's like there's an actual magic thing, and you know, like, I get why the cult works. Right, and in fact, I, this is why I recommend you a lot know, of people who... Like some, this, yeah. is, this is why I recommend a lot of people who read Hackslash go read Nailbiter as well, because they go into a great explanation about how a serial killer is created in the Nailbiter universe, which is part of the Image universe, which is part of the Hackslash universe, because Image's universe is all connected when it wants to be, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, Cassie is hung out apparently with uh, Savage Dragon and Shadowhawk too. So, <laughs> and and uh, as in, like in this, it's like legit people would sign up for a cult because it's like, no, check out our leader. It's an actual like de- de- demonic entity. It's not just some dude in a rubber mask promising, you know, that you, you, you do this you might gain some sort of reward. It's like, no, no, it's like a real thing. Come on, join, you know? Right. And I mean, the very first, this makes sense. The very first issue of Hackslash, they, they talk about the parody of the fact that, you know, slashes will come back to life. You know what I mean? Um, it's, yeah. it's without even going into an explanation about why, you know, why does Jason come back? Well, according to Jason goes to hell, it's a Necronomicon. Otherwise, according to Wildstorm, it's because Native Americans were pissed at the white men for killing them all and taking their land. So they had spirited a bad thing into the lake. And one day it found a body of a 12 year old boy named Jason Voorhees. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That is Wildstorm's uh, take on the Jason mythos. Yeah, but I digress. Um, I don't know why, but the scene of Chastity chained up in her dominatrix outfit kind of works for me. 
I, I just, I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's the friends I hang out with. <laughs> Man, it's the, it totally makes sense for the attire and the location. It's just so weird. Also, it's like one giant heavy metal video, this entire issue. Because let's face it, there is like no plot. It's just fight, 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 per panel, per panel, per panel. Oh, and also, there's a lady, a female character introduced. They're not wearing real clothes. So it's like, I'm all for it. Yeah. Everyone's in, like, spaghetti strap tank tops fighting, and um, everyone's, like, fit and rip, you know? <laughs> Even these demons, so I'm like, I get it. Right. It's no, it's, it's, it's like a metal cover. It's like reading issues of um, Lady Death sometimes, if you think about it. The setting, um, color pattern, the tone, is just blues, which I thought Hell would be more red, but I like the, the different take of this underworld that they're fighting in. Because I think hell, I always think like fire and yellow and orange, you know, that like to make it seem like Lucifer's domain is shitty. But this just seems like you're in a fun, like, I don't know, like cosplay hangout. Yeah, or it looks like um, a typical night at Club uh, Man Ray in Cambridge on Fridays. For anyone not familiar, look it up. I have uh, played it enough on Radio of Horror, uh, recently reopened goth uh, nightclub in, in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I still can't get over this Lady Hell character is supposed to be Lady Death, because we don't have the copyright to Lady Death, so this is what we came up with. It It's not quite the same, because I think the imagery of like a very pale woman would break up the tone here, because in certain shots, I can't tell if this is like Lady Hell or one of those um, kiss that, you know, I, I mentioned the synopsis because it's just the same kind of makeup that she wears, like like my first goth attire. Evil Ernie, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like Evil Ernie at all. Um, and I was never the biggest Evil Ernie fan when it came to the original Chaos Universe uh, back in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, it, it just... I was more, again, into chastity, as I've said before, and uh, slowly got to Lady Death. I mean, so, for my take, as someone who hasn't read a lot of it, and knowing the difference, I, I do feel that they do dumb him down to make him more, like, approachable, to understand his, like, character. Like, enough. Like, very basic. Like, oh, he's very, you know, uh, eager to help, like, is trying to do the right thing, but is, like, I don't know, doing it sort of, like, He's more of a helper character than he is a main character in this. You know, like, I'm trying to describe it where uh, he's not, like, not underused. Like, I think he's perfectly used just enough. You just wish he was what he normally is like in his old solo series. I've seen his original work. Basically, he was a tormented dude, and he embraces, like, that evil to kind of punish people. So that's his thing. And he doesn't really do any of that. Cast... Uh, Chastity has some words for Cassie, which, by the way, they're drawn very similar in certain ways. Um, just different hair colors, I kind of think. Um, of course, they do give Chastity uh, green eyes, it looks like, and Cassie has blue eyes, which I don't ever remember if she's always had blue eyes or not. But uh, she points out that Ca Cassie got, like, a second chance, and I guess they all got second chances because they were all killed and then resurrected uh, right afterwards, so... Um, I really don't know what Chastity is complaining about, but she's not getting what she wants, which is like her favorite back. So, but uh, again, it's really fun. We keep seeing the crows or whatever. The crows kind of fly off. I'm assuming the crows are connected to the upcoming miniseries. So, yeah, I didn't know that that was the connection. I just assumed that it was just like a goth thing. I'm making 
I'm making an assumption. I don't 100% know. I have not tried. I have tried to follow what like the thing with the crows, and it just didn't really hit me as hard. It starts and ends with a crow. Right. Which the crows lady well, so it's just maybe just. But it could also be the foreshadowing of like I guess what I mentioned before. Right. With the crow character. Yeah, with the crow character. He has one crow, by the way. The crow never seems to be followed by a bunch of crows. It's just the one crow hanging around with him. As long as that crow stays alive, he gets all his supernatural powers to do what he needed to do for his, you know, revenge. Um, it's funny enough, I was just mm-hmm. talking to somebody about um, the guy who was the host of the American Iron Chef was the actor who played the crow in the Crow Stairway to Heaven television series. Yeah, Mark Dacascus. Yeah, which I did not make that connection Amazing. whatsoever until um, just like recently. And I was like, oh my God, you're correct. That is the character who played the crow in that terrible show where like, it's Eric Draven's story, but stretched out over several episodes. And and uh, his his girlfriend, the one that died, what's her name, is like his guardian angel, kind of like Al from Quantum Leap, who was like pointing him in directions and giving him advice once in a while about like, oh, maybe you should do it like this way, not give into the darkness. It's like what? <laughs> it, it, it's the crow for kids, basically. Oh, uh, it was crow for syndication. It was. <laughs> But uh, you can see why it only lasted the one season and ended on a terrible cliffhanger. So, Yeah, I watched a few episodes. I didn't finish it. I didn't know it also ended on a cliffhanger. That's even more annoying. Yeah, it ended on a cliffhanger with Eric, with Eric going to jail, getting arrested for, the, for his and... Um, damn it, what is his girlfriend's name? Uh, Chloe? No. Clara? No. Okay, whatever his girlfriend's name was. Him and his... So he's basically being accused of faking his own death and killing his girlfriend. Wow. The series ends with, like... A, a double jeopardy thing. Oh, it does because he goes to jail. He gets he gets he gets found guilty. In the next episode, he is in jail, and he he has convinced his lawyer, but his lawyer was not able to convince anyone else that he is Eric that he is dead because he puts like a knife through his hand, and pulls it out, and then he's in jail and he's meeting with his like guardian angel, who's like not his girlfriend, some new guardian angel, who's just like, oh well, do you accept the balance and blah blah blah, and I'm like, so he's in jail now? Like what? Why did they let the show? Why did the show let this happen? This is so dumb. The crow only gives you the power, but it has no legal course. It doesn't understand like how the American justice system works. So, yeah, I'm just a bird. But uh, I, I digress. This is the end of Hack Slash Chaos, and uh, if you're a fan of Chaos Comics, um, Dynamite's Chaos Universe is kind of messy for Hack for original Chaos fans. Um, I'm a hit or miss, and mostly it's miss for me. But um, I digress. I think uh, under certain writers like Tim Seeley, it's it's pretty good. If you go over to Kickstarter, you will see Brian Polito, who owns the character of Lady Death, uh, has several successful Kickstarters, including a new one for Lady Death's daughter named Hope. Just imagine Lady Death with, like, blonde hair and pink skin and in a white bikini. (laughs) And a cape. And a cowl. (laughs) That's Lady Death's daughter, by the way. (laughs) And she has a son, too. She has a daughter and she has a son. Her son is, like, this, like, rock star uh, zombie hunter. Because, of course, he is. And his his her, her daughter is this like buxom blonde in a white bikini, <laughs> and then there was like a new character that they just made up, uh, which is like some kind of lady Satana who's basically looks like Radiant Death, but in a red bikini and with red hair, same cup size, and then there is Hellwitch who is like 
the more adult Lady Death book, because Lady Death always tiptoes that line of, like, the hairs in front of the nipples and legs across, so if she's naked, you're not going to see anything. Whereas, like, Hell Witch is, like, full frontal nudity and actually has characters, like, sticking their fingers downstairs to other characters and things like that. And then there's uh, La Moreta, who is basically, like, uh, I would describe her as uh, Brian Polito's, like, female Punisher. It's almost identical in terms of a story, in terms of a character. In fact, she's got a skull on her face because she's Mexican instead of on her chest, because that would be too obvious. <laughs> I mean, I got to start reading because you start getting talking about so much Lady Death stuff that I'm like, oh, like, can they, can she continue? I don't know who she fights. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you, OK. So like, right now you know, she is trapped in an alternate like mirror universe because everyone needs to do that. Uh, where she completely succumbed to, like, being the Deathbringer. So she's basically fighting herself. Herself, who is, like, completely evil. Whereas this Lady Death is, like, more of an anti-hero. You know what I mean? Like, she tiptoed that line to being... Because she's the controller of hell. So she, you know, her father was the devil, Satan. And, or Mathis, or whatever. And her mother was this pure of heart good woman. You know, this pure Christian woman. And so it, it turned her into, like, this anti-hero. But most of the time, Lady Death has been, like, a good person. But she got so fed up with life, she decided to bring about, like, the end of Armageddon. But decided that was not a good idea. So she got hurt and got herself encased in this 20-year coffin or whatever, which brought her to the Coffin Comics universe, which is done through Kickstarters with Brian Polito. So there you go. <laughs> but, uh, hey, there's a Lady Death animated movie that just came out on uh, Blu-ray, I think. So you can go check that out. I, I bad. If you want to, like, just kind of get a really good rundown of who Lady Death is, that animated movie, I think, is all right. It was it came out just as, like, uh, Chaos Comics was folding. So, But I digress. Um, thank you for joining me once again, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for inviting me. Why don't you give away where people can find you? Sure. Uh, you can check out a website I co-own called everythingaction.com. Uh, you can check out our social media of everything, you know, EV Action on X, formerly known as Twitter, or Twitter, formerly known as X for now. I'm kind of forgetting that phrase everyone uses. Or our Facebook, uh, everything.action. Uh, that I think we should probably, uh, verify, so <laughs> deal with the things that we should do to protect that. And you can find me over on RadioHorror.com or my radio show, uh, Dr. Chris's Radio Horror, on Sunday nights. Do not go to the Facebook page. Unfortunately, it is crashed and burned due to hackers attacking it. But you could also go to the uh, Goth Girl Horror Twitter, uh, the official podcast of Hackslash, and find more episodes and check out some great information there. Or the Instagram for Radio Horror as well is still up, and the YouTube channel Radio Horror as well. And we'll be, I'll be back in a week or two with Hack Slash versus the Crow with special guest uh, Tim Seeley. <laughs>